Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Oh man, here we go. It's Sports Daily on a Thursday on KFH. Tommy Castor joined by Paul Savage, Jad Chambers producing today. And I got to tell you, I'm a little worn out. I'm a little worn out from watching the Liberty Bowl last night. Um, I laid in bed last night and I thought, man, I really, I got to get some sleep. But I was so wired from that triple overtime game with KU and Arkansas. Had a hard time settling down, and I, I can't lie. I'm a little worn out today, but we'll get through it. We've got a lot to get to on the program today. Coming up in the next segment, Chelsea Messenger will join us for our weekly segment talking about all the best bets in the NFL over the weekend. We're going to get reaction from Wichita State dropping their conference opener last night. We're also going to talk to Tim Fitzgerald from Go Power Cat on Kansas State getting ready for the Sugar Bowl this weekend. And a whole lot more to get to, but first off, Paul, how you doing, man? I'm good. How you, big boy? I was thinking about you the whole time that game was on. I'm sitting yeah. here thinking to myself, Tommy's got to be going crazy. Either that or Tommy's tuned out. You know, there was a point where, by golly, I am sure a lot of people at, listening to this show right this moment, I'm sure there's a lot of people that were sitting there thinking to themselves, you know something? I'm ready to tune out. We're down by 35 points. You know, I, I, I'm just ready to I'm ready to leave this game. I was almost one of those. I didn't quite, but I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah. were you one of those people or did you? Well, did you, did you yeah. could you have had hope? No, seriously. That's a serious question. Did you um, have hope? No, I. No, I did. When they were down at, you know, 38, 13 at halftime, no. In fact, 
uh, we had a Wichita Thunder game last night. So I was at Interest Bank Arena uh, for that. And, I, you know, the, the game started, the, the Thunder game started, and KU was down by so much that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to focus on the hockey game. And then all of a sudden in the second half, the comeback started and I got more locked in. And then, of course, KU <laughs> was able to get that, that you know, onside kick late in the fourth quarter, recover that, and then, you know, score a touchdown, get the two-point conversion to force overtime. And then, baby, I was locked in. Uh, but, of course, a triple overtime heartbreaker for the Jayhawks as they fall in the Liberty Bowl 55-53 to against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, Paul, a lot to get to uh, talking about this game. First off, by the way, our number is 869-1240. If you want to chime in at all to talk about the Liberty Bowl or anything uh, else on this Thursday, but it was quite a game, Paul. Of course, as we just mentioned, Kansas fell behind by multiple scores at halftime. The halftime score was 38-13, and then the Jayhawks started to chip away at that Arkansas lead. We've seen Kansas do that multiple times this season, Paul, where they've fallen behind early and then clawed their way back into a game, and Jalen Daniels had himself a record-breaking night, 37-45, 544 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. He also added a rushing touchdown, and he broke records as far as uh, single-game passing yards for KU. Uh, it, was, it was an incredible performance from Jalen Daniels. It took three overtimes, and Arkansas got the victory. So first off, Paul, your instant reaction to what you saw last night in that game. You know something, Tommy? I thought you said the Jayhawks lost because, in my mind, the Jayhawks won. Now, I know, I know, I get it. You know, you know, who are you, Coach Savage, to say, you know, winning is losing is winning? Well, to me, that was as, as beautiful a thing as a, as a loss as it can get. Nobody likes losing. I mean, Tommy, it's no fun to lose. I wish KU had won that game. But in my view, and I, this may sound great, this may sound Pollyannish. I don't care. But as far as I'm concerned, that game was so beneficial to this football program because there's nothing that they can't do in their mind at this point. You come back that far from an SEC team, and I don't want to hear talk. I don't, I don't want to hear anybody say, oh, yeah, but Arkansas was down, what, eight or ten of their players that were moving on, going on, portal, all, the, all that other stuff. To me, I, this sounds crazy. KU won the game to me. I got up this morning thinking, man, that was so much fun to watch that KU victory last night. And in a lot of ways for the University of Kansas from where they are, where they have been, and I think even at this point where they may be heading, this was a win. And I know it wasn't, but I think it was in my own mind. I keep thinking that it was a win because when you crawl back and claw your way back from that kind of deficit, Tommy, Man, you've got something. You've got something not a lot of people, not a lot of football teams have. Look, I'm not a moral victories guy. Oh, come um, on. I, I don't come I don't on. I really I'm not. Like I'm I'm come. genuinely not. Like uh, and, and I think that's okay. I mean, and I, I, I think if you were to ask Lance Leipold, he's not a moral victories guy either, right? He wanted the win. Everybody wanted the win. But that being said, I had this moment uh after the game where I was I was thinking about of course, where the Jayhawks have been. You know, they've been in, in the depths of despair for the better part of a decade and, and longer than that. Uh, and the fact that you can look at this team, and, and, and Paul, I know since you've got a, a long, distinguished career as a coach, I know you can point out the deficiencies that this team has better than, than I can. 
and there are clear deficiencies, right? It's not a perfect football team by any stretch of the imagination, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That being said, the fact that this coaching staff in year two, taking on a program like Kansas, getting them to a bowl game against an SEC team, and then having that result is remarkable with the clear deficiencies that this team absolutely has. Now, my point in that is saying, I don't think those deficiencies are going to be around for a whole lot longer. I think with what we're seeing Lance Leipold build with this program at Kansas, you can look at the defense and you can say, man, they can't stop anybody. They can't stop the run. Uh, KJ Jefferson had himself quite a game. And, you know, I, between him and Jalen Daniels, I mean, the quarterback position shined in that game uh, last night. And you could say the defense can't stop anybody, but I'm not sure that's always going to be the case with with what Lance Leipold is building. So I sat there after the game and I thought, man, despite the issues that this Jayhawks team has, the fact that this coaching staff brought them to six wins, made them bowl eligible and got them to a bowl game and within a two point conversion of winning a bowl game in year number two, that's remarkable. Well, it is. And I also am not big on moral victories. But I think of what those kids did last night, and, and I am I, – I, this sounds crazy. I'm more proud of those kids and the performance and the grit and the guts they showed last night than any of those first half of the season wins they had. And now some of those wins were big. Some of those wins were monumental. Some of those wins were so important to this program. But I'll tell you what, you know, uh, uh, moral victory set aside, you know, I don't know – in fact, yeah, I do know. There isn't a game that I've watched that I couldn't be more proud of a football team for their effort, their participation, and, and, and what they did and how they stuck to it and some of the plays they made. Now, they got some breaks. They got some breaks. But sure. who doesn't get breaks in football? I mean, everybody's going to get some breaks. I'll bet somebody got a break in the hockey game last night, Tommy. And just I don't know, but it's my guess. My guess somebody got a break in that hockey game. You get breaks. You take advantage of breaks. And all I know is, and I don't want to, you know, continue to sound Paul. I almost sound like it's not me because of, of winning and losing <laughs> is so, so darn important. You know, winning and losing, you know, you lose enough, you lose enough of these moral, uh, the, these, these moral wins and you get fired. That's what happens if you have enough of those kind of, you know, moments. But the point is, is that I, I sure felt that, that it was a great win. The other observation that I have, if, if you don't mind if I share it with you real yeah. quick, you know, all week long, and, I, and you probably noticed it, you know, you listen to commentary, you know, you tune in your favorite radio show, sports talk radio show, or you tune in your favorite uh, whatever show it would be on TV, and there's a million places that you can go and get content, and you tune in those places. And all week long we've had conversations about young men coming back, playing in bowls. Well, there's a, there's a kid that, that's going to be a contender for the Heisman. Oh, this guy, you know, he's sure he's a defensive end, but he's a different maker. He's going to contend next year for a Heisman. Well, what about this guy? This quarterback is really – he's going to be a contender. You know who's a contender for the Heisman right now? Would you like to? Who? Well, Tell K me. KU quarterback is not, Daniels? Norm not normally a guy that we would think that would we would want to say uh, Jalen Daniels would be a, a Heisman. But I, after that performance last night, I think he is. He's a playmaker. He's a difference maker. If he can stay healthy, uh, and he can and he can play the way he played last night, I mean, I want him on my team. I would want him on. Yeah. I, I want him on my football yeah. team. I wish he would enter the portal and go to Baylor. That's kind of what I'm. 
I'm hoping. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm not hoping I, that. I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I think he's locked in at KU. But, that's what I but think. But look, look. Uh, the, I think there are. You know, we. You. You said you. You feel a little Pollyannish, and I get it. We're talking about how remarkable it is the team got as far as they did, and and the future of this program. And I, I get it. And we can be overly complimentary of the team and the program. And I think that's fair. I think it's warranted, but at the same time, I think we can also be critical, right? There are critical, there are things to be critical about in this game. If they want to get over the hump and they want to get back to a bowl game next season, they can't fall behind multiple scores in any game or in, in, and in multiple games like that, that happened several times during the season. It happened in big 12 play uh, where they needed valiant come from behind victories. They almost did it to your Baylor bear bears, Paul, like they fell behind a ton and then almost got back into it at the end of it. You can't do that if you want to build a consistent winner. Uh, if you want to win and become bowl eligible and finish at the top of your conference and win a bowl game, you can't fall behind by multiple scores early. So that's that's part of it. That's part of the area. I think it's fair to be critical of the Jayhawks about. I think the other part that's fair to be critical, Paul, is I absolutely hated the play call in the third overtime on the two-point conversion for the Jayhawks. Jalen Daniels had thrown for five touchdowns, ran for an, an additional TD, threw for 544 yards, and you took the ball out of, his, out of his hands on the most critical play of the season for Kansas. And you gave it to Jason Bean, who hadn't thrown the ball at all during that game, was ice cold, and he proceeded to throw it into the crowd. Uh, and that was the way the season ended for the Jayhawks. I hated the play call. Um, I wish they would have ran something different. They didn't. Ultimately, it didn't it didn't work. It didn't happen for the Jayhawks. So, yeah, we can be Pollyannish and we can say, man, how great is it that they even made it this far? And I think that's fair. But I think it's also fair to say, man, there were areas that needed to be improved upon, needed to be cleaned up because the Jayhawks absolutely could have won that game. Well, I think that's a very good point. They could have won that game, should have won that game. But on the other hand, Tommy. You can't go down 30-some points to a team uh, of the quality of an SEC, even if it's just a uh, an average run-of-the-mill SEC team. You can't go down 30-plus points and expect to come back and win a game. Listen, we're talking down 30-some points in the third quarter. This isn't like it happened early in the second quarter or late in the first quarter. You're down 30 points, and it's in the it's midway through the third quarter. you got some problems there. And, you know, you take away the problems of, of – of getting into that position where you go down that far, where you put yourself in a hole, uh, you know, that's partly on you as well. And here again, I, I talk about the breaks of the game, and there were breaks of the game for both these teams. But uh, you, you, you think to yourself, but, you know, there would have been lesser teams, and there would have been there would have been teams of the past, not necessarily Lance Leipold. I'm not talking about him. But there would have been teams of the past from KU within the last few years that these teams would have been done by the midpoint of the second half, and and the game sure. would have been over. And they're, they're, but that's not that's not who these guys are, and that's partly because of Lance Leipold. I bet, there's no question in my mind. You know, you just don't flip a switch on a football program, and all of a sudden you're a fighter. You know, that doesn't just happen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that takes that takes personality. That takes my will is is stronger than your will. And my will will win. You will play hard. You know that's that's Lance Leipold, and that's his coaching staff. But with yeah, that being and, and, right, go ahead. No, go well, ahead. Well, I, I just want to jump in real quick and just say that I think that that's absolutely correct. I think it's partially in the past. I mean, I I followed this Jayhawks program for a long time. 
Uh, I followed them in, in when it was really, really bad uh, for multiple years. And you're you're spot on. They would have fallen behind in the second quarter, and not only would they not have had the willpower to get back into it, but I think even more importantly, they didn't have the personnel to get back into it. They didn't have the the, the people. They they you know the they were out muscled. They were out. Uh, yeah, it's a culture thing. It's a, it's a motivational thing. Sure. But it's just, it's also just flat out. They didn't have anybody to be able to actually get them back into a game to be able to say, I'm going to put the game on my shoulders and I'm going to take it over and I'm going to make sure that we get back into it. If I have to do it single-handedly, that's what I'll do. It's it's like what Patrick Mahomes does for the Kansas city chiefs, right? He puts the game on his shoulders and he just takes it over. They haven't had that in a long time. Jalen Daniels is the closest thing that they have to that. They have the personnel now, uh, and they have the culture and the motivation with Lance Leipold to say, you know what, we might fall behind by three scores, which that's never ideal, don't get me wrong, but hey, we might fall behind by three scores, but you better believe that we're not going to just fold and give up and you know pack it in. We're going to go out there, and we're going to try to get back in the game. Right, right. And that's the mindset of this game, and that's the mindset of this coaching staff. And therein lies the beauty of what, what we watched last night. I mean, it was really, you know, and I, like I say, I'm, I'm obviously giving it more. Shoot, I'm the Baylor fan. You're the KU fan, and I'm giving them more credit than you're giving them. I can't, you know, that's, <laughs> boy, how's that for a flip of the script? But anyway, that's because I know the emotion. I feel the emotion. You're around sports way plenty of the time to know that these kind of things don't happen in a vacuum and that these and that that this will be built upon within this team for next year there's no question in my mind but here again you know Jalen Daniels uh showed me that he could be in a conversation now it takes a lot of other good players for a guy to win the Heisman you know the greatest players that play in the course of a college football season aren't always the guy that wins the Heisman aren't even yeah. the guys that get uh, get to go to the uh Go to the finals and selected to make an appearance uh, before the Heisman committee, and somebody gets the award. You know those players aren't always the guys that get the hype because it takes players around them to make plays. It takes protection, for instance. It takes the ability to run the football. It takes obviously, you know, a nice core of of receivers. KU's got to start on that. KU, uh, because I always look at this for KU because we haven't seen this Tommy in the last four or five years. And I know you will agree with this statement when I say KU hasn't necessarily been the most physical football team in the past no. five years. No. Nobody can argue with that. As much as you want to, you can't. But they they went toe-to-toe. Did you ever see, in particular, a line surge from Arkansas from the offensive line to the defensive line? Because I didn't. Now, don't get me wrong. I saw KU players make mistakes, run around blocks, do things that I don't care to see and things that I wouldn't coach and things that I'm sure their coaching staff is pulling their hair about because there's you want to pull you want to pull hair out for a for a defensive staff run around a block try running around a block and that will make a guy lose his mind if he's a football coach but and I saw some of that and I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about coming off the line striking the blow and standing your ground squeezing gaps or getting movement if you're an offensive lineman. Listen, I thought KU was as physical uh, as, I'm not saying or more, I'm not going to say that, as physical as Arkansas, and that's saying something for kids that have been recruited to an SEC team. Yeah, I I thought that um, it was certainly better 
than what we've seen in years past. Oh, God. I thought all I thought yeah. all year long. I thought all year long it's been better yes. uh, at the point of attack on the line uh, than in years past. Now that being said. The Jayhawks defense can't stop the run at all. K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback, ran for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they had a couple of other running backs that ran for three touchdowns. I mean, like, they they ran the ball outstanding, and that's just not anything that the Kansas defense was equipped to be able to stop. But you know that that's going to be a point of emphasis for the Jayhawks program in the offseason, mm. in spring ball, and then moving forward into next year. And again, you know, I, I sat back and I thought about and looked about, uh, looked at who the Jayhawks are bringing back next season and who they're losing. They're getting a ton of production back. Like I said, Jalen Daniels will be back. Uh, you you would think that they've got you know some some stars at the running back position that are coming back. I think that Devin Neal should be back. Daniel Hyshaw should be back. Uh, they've got receivers that should be back. And oh by the way, not only do the Jayhawks have a better incoming freshman class that they than they've had in a long time, but they're also ranked in the top twenty five nationally in their transfer portal class coming in as oh. of right now. So they're they're adding. And you better believe that Lance Leipold and Brian Borland, the defensive coordinator, are going to be focused on how can we shore up the defense? How can we make sure that we bring in players that will allow us to do the things that we want to do and make sure that we don't fall behind by three scores in a bowl game against an SEC team? Uh, and and again, it wasn't ju- that that is not just uh, something that we saw in the bowl game. We saw it throughout the entire season where they had struggles in keeping opponents at bay early on in games and they would fall behind early and then they have to claw their way back. That's got to be a point of emphasis for the Jayhawks into next season. There's a lot more uh, to talk about with this game. If we've got time later on in the program, we'll revisit it and we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you about it too. 869-1240 is the number to call. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the show. When we come back, we'll be joined by host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey betting insider Chelsea Messenger. Switching gears a little bit, going to be talking about some of the best NFL bets of the weekend. It's on the way next. Caster and Savage, Sports Daily, coming up. Sports Daily on KFH. On the line is the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to check out the Daily Tip podcast for more of Chelsea Messenger analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Sports Daily here on this Thursday, joined by Chelsea Messenger for our weekly betting segment, talking about all the best bets in the NFL over the weekend. First off, Chelsea, hope you had a great Christmas. Welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, we have a lot to get to because we have some big games in the NFL. We have bowl games going on, so I know it's a holiday uh, weekend for a lot of us, but the NFL and college football, they never sleep. Yeah, and we had a uh, a wild NFL weekend last weekend, to say the least. Of course, games on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and playoff berths being uh, locked in and, and a bunch of different things going on. But let's start with the game that we're going to see tonight, Thursday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys leading the NFC uh, East, and they're on the road taking on your Tennessee Titans. Right now, it looks like the Cowboys are about 12.5-point road favorites. What do you like in this game? 
Yeah, this is a tough one when it comes to the spread because uh, we have seen the spread balloon all the way up to 13 in some spots. So I think at that point you you stay away from the spread because the problem is we don't think Derrick Henry's playing, who is most of the offense for the Titans. And the other part of the offense, uh, Ryan Tannehill has been starter for most of the season, uh, you know, the incumbent quarterback. Uh, he's out for this one. So it's Malik Willis, which you guys have seen Malik Willis. And the thing about yeah. Tennessee is, remember that Chiefs game. Malik Willis completed, what, five passes? And the Titans still yep. covered a pretty sizable spread against the Chiefs. So I think that's the X factor is this Titans defense is so good that they've kept him in games. But I think the best play is probably in the props market, trying to take advantage of a leaky Titans secondary, giving up the third most receiving yards to opposing receivers. And I'm looking squarely at CeeDee Lamb. Over 71 and a half receiving yards, coming off a game, had 120 against the Eagles. He's had over 100 receiving yards in three of his last five games, 11 targets last game. So I think the opportunity is going to be there for CeeDee Lamb against this Titans secondary. Well, you know, Chelsea, the the, the obvious, you know, uh, monster in our room happens to be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. That game, everybody will, will, around this area will be watching. And it's an interesting game because the spread's so big. Uh, talk a little about the Kansas City Chiefs and talk a little about Denver. That whatever's going on there, it's a fiasco. Whatever's going on there, there are so many distractions, so many things going on with the quarterback position. I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since we've seen a football team in the NFL in such a disarray as the Denver Broncos are at this very moment, uh, both coaching and player side of, of this franchise. Talk a little about this game. Is that 12, whatever the, whatever your spread is around that 12 point, is that a good bet? Because right now I think the Kansas City Chiefs cover this. I might take it if it was 17 points. <laughs> well, we said this the last time around, that the Chiefs and the Broncos played each other, and it was a close game. If you remember, Kansas City jumped out to a pretty large lead, but Denver came back because Patrick Mahomes threw some interceptions. So we're still talking about a 12-point spread. And when it comes to betting, you've got to remember it's built into the number because as bad as the Broncos have been, they've actually covered the spread in three of their last four games. Didn't cover in that 51-14 to 14 loss against the Rams, of course, but covered against Arizona, covered against Kansas City, and covered against Baltimore in uh, their last four matchups. So I think you take that into consideration. Yeah, the offense is god-awful, and now they're going to be working with an interim head coach. but how much worse can the Broncos actually get on offense, I think is the question. Uh, I think I would lean towards the under here just because this Broncos defense and secondary is still very good. However, one would think that Patrick Mahomes probably has a point to prove after last time out, a pretty brutal game for him, multiple interceptions. I know it's a good secondary, but Patrick Mahomes since then has been really solid. So uh, maybe a, a points total for the Chiefs over or – maybe a full game under because I don't have any faith in this Broncos offense. Yeah, I want to dial in uh, on that a little bit more, Chelsea, because you mentioned the Christmas Day game with the Broncos and the Rams and how the Rams ran all over the Broncos. And I know that L.A. had gotten at least one, if not two, defensive touchdowns. So I know that that, that total is a little bit uh, skewed based on on that. But We've talked about all season that the high point with this Denver team is their defense. And we also know that typically when a head coach gets fired, like Nathaniel Hackett did, that a lot of times the players want to come out and prove something with that interim head coach. 
I kind of disagree with Paul a little bit where he he talks about wanting to take Kansas City to cover because we've seen the way that the Broncos and the Chiefs play against each other. But I'm looking more at that total. I know you said the under, but L.A. hung 51 on that Broncos defense last week. So does that change anything in your mind or are you still thinking the under is the play? I think you need to be careful in getting caught up in one week of the season because if you're still looking at the broader sample size, like you wouldn't take a one-game sample size for just about anything. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous taking it under there, and maybe that's the case. But still, for the season, the Broncos' over-under record is 4-11, and and it's even more stark on the road. Uh, just two of their eight games this season have hit the over when playing on the road. Uh, looking at Kansas City, they actually have a pretty solid under record, 6-1 and one to the under when playing at home. So both these teams over the course of the season have trended towards the under, even though it makes me a little nervous that last time out was uh, a way over game. I believe it was 38 or 34-27, something like that. Uh, But I don't think it's a great game to bet on. I think there are other games on the the slate that are probably better. You know, you ask any fan, give me three, four teams that have a possibility of being in the Super Bowl. Buffalo and the Cincinnati Bengals will always be mentioned along with the Chiefs and and then a variety of different other teams as well. But Monday night football, you've got the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals squaring off. It's a one-point spread at this point right now. Man, that sounds like a, a, a pick em to me. That's almost a coin flip, a one-point one spread. And I don't know who to take on this one. What do you got for me on the Bills and the Bengals? Yeah, I'd lean towards the Bengals getting a point at home. Uh, Buffalo's been pretty disappointing against the spread. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I think there is some value on Cincinnati here, the way that they've been playing lately, and also in the futures market. Right now, you can get Cincinnati 7-1 to one to win the AFC, and look at the top dogs in the AFC. We already know that Cincinnati has Kansas City's number, and uh, we'll see after this Buffalo game uh, if they can hang with the Bills, but I believe that 7-1 to one odds are probably going to be gone to win the AFC if they make a statement win uh, on Monday night against Buffalo. So I think in the futures market, I think Cincinnati's a pretty solid play to win the AFC. Chelsea, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the MVP futures that are out there right now. We know that because of Jalen Hurts' injury and missing last week that uh, he's flip-flopped in position with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is back to being the favorite in the MVP race. Of course, we we don't know what's exactly going to happen with Jalen Hurts if he'll play at all in the remainder of the regular season. But do you see anything as of right now, uh, barring a, just an ultimate collapse by Patrick Mahomes in taking him out of the, the favorite to win that MVP? I don't think so. And I think the odds uh, kind of bear that because right now he's an overwhelming favorite to win. Patrick Mahomes minus 500 to win the MVP over at that MGM uh, tailing with my analysis on the Bengals, I think Joe Burrow is really the only guy that can uh, keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Even though I do believe it's Patrick Mahomes' award to win, but at this point, you'd be risking $500 to only win 100 So the value is not there on Patrick Mahomes any, anymore. You already missed your window to bet on Patrick Mahomes for the MVP. Right now, you only take the guys that you feel like can snatch it from his hands. And I'll say one thing. Patrick Mahomes and that offense, they still throw the ball quite a bit. They're playing a tough secondary against uh, the Broncos, who have already picked him, picked off uh, Patrick Mahomes a couple times this season. So maybe his stock goes down. I don't think it does. But the only value play is Joe Burrow 
six to one to win a uh, MVP. I want to ask a question about how you make sausage, and that has to do with the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> and the well, and the Los Angeles and the San Francisco Forty uh, ers and the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. And that is, of course, this week we find out that uh, uh, you know uh, Carr's going to step down. He's going to leave the team. He's not going to be a distraction. A lot of times, you bench a veteran quarterback. And he becomes a mentor to whoever's taking his place, tries to help and be, you know, try to contribute to your team. And, of course, uh, we have a situation where, uh, you know, uh, Derek Carr is leaving the team to not be a distraction. How do you handicap that? Right now it's it's in the 10-point range. Somewhere there the Raiders are getting 10-plus points uh, in some places. Uh, How do you – how do you how do you make a make an assumption based upon something like that that just rarely ever happens? Well, it's always built into the number. So everything you are thinking, the odds makers know. Like none of these are secrets. We oh. all know that the Raiders have been bad, and we all know that it's going to be Jarrett Stidham playing, who has not been good in his short stints in the NFL. Uh, but looking at the Niners, uh, this is a pretty sizable spread. And you've got to remember these teams at this point in the season, they're not looking to blow out teams. They are looking to squarely survive and advance. I'm not saying that you take the Raiders in this situation. I think uh, the better play is maybe San Francisco in the first half. I think it's going to take a minute for Jarrett Stidham to really take hold. Uh, and this Niners defense is not a good opponent to go against uh, in your first time out uh, as the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Niners probably the best defense in the entire NFL. So looking at the first half spread, uh, Niners minus six and a half in the first half, uh, minus 115, probably the best play for that game. Good. One more question for you, Chelsea, before we let you go. You mentioned it at the at the very top that, of course, not only uh, are we in the NFL season, but uh, bowl season is underway, too, and we're getting close to the New Year's Six and the college football playoff and all of that. Is there anything that you're looking at uh, with any of those games, anything that stands out to you or that you like? I know here locally uh, we're, we're all focused on the Sugar Bowl with Kansas State and Alabama, uh, but just in general, anything that you're looking at on that end? Yeah, I think I'll be taking Georgia, uh, minus six and a half. Uh, It's basically a home game for them playing uh, in Atlanta against Ohio State. Ohio State, I think the difference is the defense. Uh, Ohio State's defense has given up uh, some big point totals to opposing offenses that are pretty solid, especially offenses that are solid up front. Like we see the SEC size and strength, you know, on the offensive line of Georgia. What did Ohio State do against Michigan, another team that can really ground and pound uh, when it comes to that front line? Well, Michigan scored 45. So I think I'm going to go with Georgia, uh, lay in the six and a half. They have a veteran quarterback in Stetson Bennett that, if you look at his numbers, he actually has more passing yards and more rushing yards than C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State. So I know nobody likes to talk about Stetson Bennett, but what he's doing at Georgia uh, is nothing short uh, of incredible. And plus, he's already won a national championship. The spotlight is not going to be uh, too bright for Georgia in this offense that I think is somewhat underrated, and it's still the best defense in the country. So I'll take Georgia over Ohio State, covering the number at minus 6.5. Well, and it looks like as of right now, uh, at least nationally, um, over 80% of the bets nationally are on Georgia for that game on Saturday. So that should be a fun one and a lot of other fun bowl games in the New Year's Six and the college football playoff coming up this weekend. Chelsea, thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
That was the host of the of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Paul and I will be back in just a few minutes. We're going to break down the Shockers, their conference opener on the road last night. Didn't quite go according to plan. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up on Sports Daily. Stick around. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Thursday. Tommy Castor, Paul Savage, Jad Chambers producing. And last night, in the midst of the bowl season and KU in Arkansas, there was college hoops as well. The Wichita State Shockers on the road kicking off conference play, taking on UCF. The Shockers had a three-point deficit at halftime, Paul, and ultimately fell to the Knights 52 to 45 and and uh, you know Jacob and I had talked about this yesterday on the program just about how the Shockers without Craig Porter Jr. were going to have to find other ways to score the basketball and that was a struggle throughout the entire game for Wichita State shooting the basketball not great 35% from the floor they did shoot the three better than what we've seen over the last couple of non-conference games 35% from beyond the arc and free throws were okay as well 10 of 13 uh, but really just not a whole lot of offensive production Melvion Flanagan led shocker scores with 11 points uh, and that was the the high spot that was the only player to score in double digits for the shockers your take on this game, Paul, as the Shockers start off American play 0-1. 
Well, they're exactly where we thought they would be. I mean, this was this was the conversation that we've had the entire season, the entire preseason up to this point is you've got to shoot the ball, you've got to make some baskets, you've got to hold, you you've got to defend and and you've and you've got to cut down on turnovers. I mean, uh, 15 turnovers is still too many, particularly when the team you're playing only has five turnovers. That's, you know, there or, or I guess it was nine turnovers. But that's a that's a that's a significant difference, and really the difference in this basketball game. But the same problems persist with regards to shooting, the ability to shoot, uh, and I don't know how you overcome that when you know perceived best shooter on the team can't play in this particular game. It's a problem. I was a little surprised the game was as close as it was, but this is a team that still is searching for the same thing it was searching for at the beginning of the season uh, without little progress as it would appear. But this is a team that needs to figure out how to defend better and how to – well, not well, they're better at defending than they were, I will give them credit, at first of the year. But I don't know that they're, any, they're shooting the ball any better at this point. They've got to shoot the ball better. Boy, that's easier said than done, though, isn't it, Tommy? Yeah, look, I don't have a problem uh, if Wichita State wants to go out and try to play a slog of a game. Uh, and that's what they did, especially in the first half. It was a three-point game, 26-23. Uh, defensively, they were able to you know, limit what UCF did um, really in both halves. UCF only scored 26 points in each half, 52 altogether. So it wasn't a high-scoring game. Uh, from from either team, right? And so I think you have to give some credit to the Shocker defense, but that was a huge question mark. How do you replace the production and the minutes uh, and, and all the different things that Craig Porter Jr. can do? Um, you mentioned the turnovers. That's part of the the issue, too, is that if the if Wichita State, if their scoring is at a premium, right, which it is, they, they don't score the ball, they don't score a whole lot of points, they can't make a whole lot of shots, then you have to maximize every opportunity that you have offensively. You cannot turn the ball over uh, because you're not going to get a ton of other chances. If you're only going to score 45 points in a the game, they turn the ball over 15 times. They also got out-rebounded by UCF as well. Um, so, so those are all things that need to be worked on for sure. But I, I think you're right. I mean, when you say that Wichita State is kind of right where we expected them to be, they're 7-6 and six right now. They're 0-1 uh, in conference play. UCF is 11-3 and three right now. They, they finished their conference play, what, 10-3 and three or 10-2? and two? something like that. So, you know, they were able to keep it relatively close, I thought. So there was a stretch in the first half, Paul, where UCF got out to a pretty large lead. I want to say it was nine points at one time. And Wichita State was able to limit them, get back into the game, claw back to a one-point deficit, and then ultimately go into halftime down three. I thought that was a good stretch for Wichita State. I would like to see them be able to do that more consistently than once a game. That was the only time they were able to do that. Well, and that's a big point, consistency. Yeah, how about some consistency? And that's kind of what we've been talking about since day one with the shock since the first pre, uh, since the first even preseason game. Uh, and, and we've been wanting some consistency. Got to have the consistency. And, and I'll be real truthful, as we're watching uh, – uh, the uh, bowl game last night with the University of Kansas and Arkansas, uh, and I don't know, Tommy, if you if you're so focused on the game, did you ever check the ticker out and you check basketball scores? I kind of do. I, I kind of yeah. I do that. I'm I you know I don't totally concentrate on the football game. I'm checking scores. I, I enjoy that. And as we watched last night, we see 
Missouri beating the University of Kentucky, you know, the Blue Bloods of Kentucky, the SEC, uh, although this is a team ranked 19th, it's not the best team in the nation, and they won't win a national championship this year, I don't believe. They may not even win the SEC this year. But with that being said, it's still Kentucky. Kentucky is Kentucky. And I'm sitting there watching Missouri play this team tough, play them tough, get the lead. They're in, they're in the lead and finally eventually win that game. And I think to myself, now here's Missouri. They beat they beat Kentucky, a blue blood. They beat Kentucky. And I'm thinking to myself, and 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 Wichita State played Missouri pretty tough, played them tough. We had good yeah. things to say about that game. We didn't – we weren't – Totally complimentary because they lost the game and there were still, you know, the shooting issues and the defending issues and the, the same issues that we have seemed to be talking about every game that Wichita State plays. But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, there's a lot, you know, listen, Missouri's, Missouri's got to be been a better team than I thought they were going to be if they play Kentucky and then they eventually beat Kentucky. And I'm sitting there thinking, but there's nothing that has really changed that, that we can come on this particular show at this particular point in time and say, well, Kentucky, uh, that, that, that Wichita State is making that run, and even though Missouri beats Kentucky, you know, you're still looking for that complete game. I think we're still looking for a complete game. The D, the shooting, the turnovers, the rebounding, points in the paint, shooting the three. We're looking for that complete game. When that happens, this team is going to win its share of a, uh, AAC uh, basketball games. I just yeah. I keep, I'm waiting, and I need to see when that consistency happens because we're still not quite seeing it, and now we're into the AAC. Things aren't going to get easier, right? On the other and, side and yeah, of, no. uh, of, you, of 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 Central Florida, it's not going to get they're, any they're easier. Not. Yeah, they're not. And and I I mentioned this yesterday on the show, and I think this is where I'm the most disappointed with the loss um, on the road against UCF last night. Craig Porter Jr. hasn't practiced since his injury uh, against Texas Southern. So he hasn't been on the court in a week. Um, the Shockers practiced without him. They had a, a, enough time to put together a game plan. And I know that you can't replace the, the production that Craig Porter Jr. brings. Um, 100%. You, you, you can't 100% replace that production. But you have enough time to be able to try to game plan a way to be able to replace at least some of those minutes and try to at least be as efficient and effective as possible without him on the court. And I said it yesterday on the show, I wanted to see somebody else step up and be able to at least offensively try to replace some of that output that Craig Porter Jr. brings to the table during most games. Nobody really did that against UCF. Right. We'll see if they can do it on Saturday. The Shockers back in the roundhouse taking on East Carolina. It's a 3 o'clock tip on New Year's Eve inside Coke Arena. And we'll see if they can get to 1-1 one and one in conference play this weekend. We're going to step aside for another break. When we come back, Tim Fitzgerald from GoPowerCat.com will join us to preview Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. It's on the way in hour number two on Sports Daily. Hang on. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.